Welcome back, everybody. This is our third episode of Push to Talk. I'm super excited that we made it this far uh, with this series. <laughs> Eventually, I'm going to forget these numbers uh, when we get further down the road. But anyway, welcome to Push to Talk. This is kind of like our, uh, what do you say, randomized rambling videos where we kind of just pick a topic, then we kind of just go from there. Um, I see I'm wearing a hat for the first time ever on this podcast. I think so. Video wise, I was watching the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People so, listening are like, I could feel the hat. I know the hat is on. Yeah. It feels <laughs> this like guy, it's blue. This guy sounds like he wears a hat. Yeah, no, unfortunately, I do uh, because I'm bald and on days I don't shave my head, it looks pretty, pretty bummy. So. <laughs> Another advantage to podcasts, they don't have to know you're bald, bro. I know, just a lie. Yeah. No, because so we've done enough videos blah, where blah. this fucking head is brighter than shit. Okay, <laughs> they've seen these videos. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, this hat, why I brought it up is basically we're talking about Star Trek today. So I just a little intro. Well, actually, first I'll introduce. Uh, we have Frank here and Hi. John, who's joining me to push talk. Hey, hey, yep. Um, so I'm a semi uh semi newer fan of Star Trek. Okay, I recently got into it uh, from the J.J. Abrams movies. Uh, which I super love. I mean, I think they're amazing movies. Um, I know that's super late into the Star Trek game, but that's what really got me hooked. So after that, I ventured off to watching Discovery. Yeah. And then I kind of got back off of that and uh, just finally finally continued uh, finishing season three uh, recently. But after that, I was hooked. So that's when I started watching um, Picard. I, I watched Picard. Um I thought it was really good, kind of a little slow. Yeah, then it kind of picked up towards the end. I like Picard. Uh, and then Lower Decks. Um, I'll get your guys' feels on how you feel about these series as well. But then I finished Lower Decks, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch. I'm all gun-ho with Star Trek right now. I'm going to have uh, Next Generation play in the background. But for the longest time, Frank and John have been talking about Voyager, and I never really gave it a chance. I was like, no, I'm never going to venture mm. out to Voyager. The best. But then they put together a list of episodes, which I totally forgot the list. I don't remember all the episodes, but I watched, I feel like you watched the most important one, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I watched some of the Voyager episodes um, recently, and I do have to say, this is probably a series I'm going to revisit. Yes. Actually, oh, so, enjoy, actually. Like, so just a little backup, guys. He's like, I'm not going to tell you guys my opinion until we're recording. And so I'm a little worried. I'm like, if he hates Voyager, I mean that's the best I could offer him. There's nothing. It's a long I mean, there's a lot of other good stuff. Jump but, him, but it might be worth. It. I will make yeah. that drive. <laughs> oh shoot. Um. So anyway, yeah, we'll talk about that. But how did you guys feel? So have you ventured off? I mean, you you both finished Picard, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, we actually, okay. since you listen to the podcast, you're well aware. That we actually reviewed yeah. every episode of Picard <laughs> as they released. Yeah. And I heard those reviews. I'm pretty sure I heard those reviews. So that's why I was just course, checking. Fact checking. Okay. I have to, I have to fact check myself. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, what did you, uh, Frank, first, what did you feel about the series? Because the way I felt was, okay, it's really neat in the beginning. High budget. It looks pretty and all that stuff. Kind of slowed down to me mm-hmm. towards the middle. But then towards the end of it, when we kind of got past a, a little bit with the Borg planet and whatnot, um, I thought it really started picking up and I started enjoying it again kind of it, feel the same or no uh so it wasn't what i wanted at first right because i wanted mm-hmm. kind of your normal star trek or say like um you know just just any really normal sci-fi where you kind of have a different adventure every time a new planet every time it was much more of a story uh which is something typical for for newer star trek uh we saw that in discovery season one and actually a lot of season three to be honest with you um yeah. and and so it was something that it wasn't what i was looking for but i still very much enjoyed it, it i mean 
I it was one of those things where every time you saw Riker come back, I was just like, oh my god, <laughs> you know, I was just excited yeah, to see him yeah. come back and stuff like that. And of course, <laughs> seven hundred nine and that big Borg ship. Oh, it's always good to see a Borg cube. I love the Borg so much, <laughs> so that was really cool. And now it's Jonathan's turn to talk as he runs away from the mic. As Jonathan walks away, John, I know. I'm such a professional podcaster. I am not editing that out. That stays in. Keith keep his life. John, what did you think of Picard? I loved Picard, but I totally see what you were talking about. And you're talking about it as a non-Star Trek fan or you know new to Star Trek person. And me and Frank actually talked a lot about this in the podcast when we were reviewing the episodes. Uh, but there is a fine balance between bringing back the nostalgia from all those real deep saturated fans who loved, you know, uh, Next Generation of Voyager or original series, any of the old Star Treks, but mostly Voyager and Next Generation uh, and having a broader appeal to new audience members like you to try to mm-hmm. get you guys brought in. So you liked some of the the stuff that appealed to new people that, you know, you didn't have to know the old characters or be yeah. attached to them. Uh, but then the slow stuff like when they're when they're visiting um Riker and Deanna Troy mm-hmm. it's like you don't mm-hmm. know who these people are you don't really care about them but for the old oh, audience what a good episode, that, you know though. yeah the old fans are like oh my god those people are so cool or you know the, they understand the value of data himself uh yeah. went to you it's like so he's a robot that's cool so yeah. you know yeah, it, yeah. It, by the way we're recording kinda, this on data's birthday so it's actually his real birthday today so meant to be it's meant to be yeah <laughs> Right now, so I, I totally get what you're saying. Um, for me though, I don't know like the like a full story of uh Riker and Deanna, right? Mm-hmm. In the names, uh, but I did watch a couple episodes of The Next Generation before I got to that part in Picard. It just because The Next Generation is kind of just constantly consistently playing in the background for me, I don't like super pay 100% attention to it because I just okay. don't have that uh, uh, time you're, and ability to yeah you're to a new dad like, so you, know, you get like, like a big pass on a lot <laughs> yeah, of stuff so, yeah, so, yeah really so, so i'm watching it so when i saw them i was like oh that's dope but another thing that i'm going to kind of lead into all, as well is for uh, have you two watched full of uh fully watched lower decks oh no. yes and i'm a, i'm a, it's okay. actually my cbs all access like profile avatar i love lower decks <laughs> yeah. yeah okay so I'm with you on that. I love Lower Decks. And we'll, okay, we'll talk about that in a second. But they brought Riker back at the end of that too. And mm-hmm. I thought that was, holy shit, that is badass that he popped up. In a very up. fun way too. It wasn't very Riker-esque. Yeah. 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 So then, okay. So John, what is, is it just time or something? Is there something preventing you to not watching Lower Decks? I know that you said something that it's just not as Star Trek-y to yeah. you or something I, like that. I don't like it. I, I would like it as a standalone <laughs> show. I think it would be totally fine. But it is not a Gene Roddenberry Star Trek at all. It's yeah. like okay. it's like comparing Star Trek and Star Wars. It's just it's just not. It's made to be. It's written to be in the same world uh, or universe. But it's not. It, the nothing about it other than that. Other than the, the you know color schemes and stuff like that and the names of characters. Uh, other than that, nothing is Star Trek about it. The vibe, yeah. the feel, the stories, the. Uh, message behind any of it none of it really fits in with any any of and that's kind of what's what i've liked about all the other star trek series is they all share that same like core message and values and theme and you know even the new star trek other than this uh try to lean back on the gene roddenberry style who's the you know producer yeah. of the previous series um but this just doesn't fit any of that which mm-hmm. i get they're <laughs> Sorry, that's the dog. <laughs> the dog. <laughs> that, dude, there is a fucking paranormal activity going on in the house. I just discovered. Yeah. No, seriously. 
but yeah, so I, I do see there is a good place for it, obviously, yeah. um, for the next younger generation or, you know, maybe some, some guys from our generation that just don't care much for Star Trek, but want a more hip, like, yeah. you know, fun show. Morty. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's like a Rick and Morty, you know, in space. Yeah, exactly, it's also in space, yeah. Uh, yeah. but Star Trek themed. Um, so yeah, I do think it is fun, but mm-hmm. I would prefer just not even have a Star Trek title, just be another yeah. space yeah. show. And uh, I feel like it kind of brings down the Star Trek brand, honestly. What's funny, See, it, I feel so, just no, real quick, ahead, real yeah, quick on ahead. this one. Um, as a Star Trek fan, and and it's somebody who's been, you know, we, we've been part of the Star Trek fandom for a long time now. Gene Roddenberry is, you know, the end all be all voice of the of the franchise, and what he has set out to do is so important mm-hmm. to all of geekdom because it really was a good standard for all creators. Um, and yeah, this show, it's funny because at the end of Lower Decks, the lesson learned from the season one is the fact that you need somebody that's willing to break the rules. And that's so, so anti Gene Roddenberry. Like that's like against, I mean, the prime directive, like literally the lesson is sometimes you want to break the prime directive. And every time a captain does that, it's always like a test of faith. And when they do it, like, especially like in the original series, when somebody broke the prime directive. Usually Kirk came along to save their ass. And, and then like in the newer episode, like in Voyager, for example, when somebody broke the prime directive, like if Janeway had to, it was with so much debate and thought. And at the mm-hmm. end of Lower Decks, it's like, hey, sometimes you need somebody who breaks the prime directive. And it's like, no, no, no <laughs> you yeah. can't build yeah. the show. I mean, as much as I love Lower Decks, you're right with the idea that it's not Star Trek at all. And the fact that this show's idea is it's OK to break the prime directive the main the main rule in all of star trek so it's just funny that it's <laughs> but i mean I, that being said i freaking love it for what it is um I, to me it almost feels like it's fan fiction to star trek not star trek so it's yeah. it's mm-hmm. fun i like the idea that there's references that i enjoy but those references are just that they're not actually part of the world they're like referring to the world that i like yeah. like, you know See, and that's why I think I like Lower Decks a lot, to, enough to like go and buy a t-shirt of uh, Lower Decks. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I thought it was a nice... Okay, because I really... Okay, because you're saying it's not too much Star Trek as in like the universe it's in. Okay, but I love that it's like a break from other Star Trek shows, but in the universe still. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was a nice like, hey, just turn on and laugh a little bit at some stupid shit. And that's what I really like about it. And then I see also an expansion of just Star Trek period of doing something different um so obviously that last thing that you said with the lesson learned you think that's obviously something that's coming outside of the series as well like hey we'll try this i mean if it sucks it sucks and it doesn't do well you know if not then you know we'll get a lower deck season two with the main character on the Riker ship you know that's what i liked about it i think it was like a almost like a relaxation but in the universe that you love so much right it's totally a fun watch yeah yeah. And I think that's kind of what we got the what I appreciated more in Picard that it is like a one-off series that is you know it's different it's not another captain on a ship with a crew and they're yeah. they have a mission that you know they're supposed to you know do yeah. um but it's just like a totally different story that is still in their same world that kind of brings all these different series together in the same world and and makes it more well-rounded so yeah, I mean yeah. I see what you're saying. It's nice to have something else in the Star Trek universe that's not, you know, just another captain on a ship following orders kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Have yeah. you guys ever seen the series Firefly? Yeah. 
No, I've heard there's like a major fandom uh, of it though. Yeah, it's it's yeah, extremely same. good. Yeah. Came out on Fox in like the late nineties. Um, so good that that they had to make a movie to which was named Serenity uh, to kind of finish the story up so that the fans can calm down a little bit. Very very good. Mm. Looking back, there's some cheesier episodes than others and stuff like that. And the fact that they all their profanity is all in Chinese, which is kind of weird. But nevertheless, um, mm. fantastic show and crew especially. And that's what Picard, I think, was trying to do, was trying to do a Firefly. Um, except for the fact that Firefly does what Star Trek does, where they visit new planets every time and you're meeting, like, because Firefly is a world where um, there's a massive war and then you're following the people that lost the war, the rebels that lost the, the war. And so there are planets that are like the Old West. And so they, like, literally go to a planet and they visit a small town that has a brothel, like you would see as a cowboy do. Mm. But, so it's kind of like a Mandalorian in that sense, too. Um, but I, it feels like that's what Picard was trying to be, was a new Firefly, but they missed the mark on changing environments all the time. They try to stick with the story too much, which is what common is common in modern TV. Yeah, because I was going to say, it doesn't really feel at all that they were going to separate uh, or different uh, planets each episode, right. for sure. Um, now, so you brought it up to how we have like this linear uh, storyline with Picard and kind of like with Discovery with the season one and three. Um, and then going back and watching Next Generation and Voyager, yeah, every episode's totally different. Now, would you like, say if there's a new series of Star Trek, whatever, you know the hell, it comes out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Would you want to see a a linear story? Or do you want to see every episode different? Because the way I take it is I would like to see every episode different, but in the background, there's a plot. That's Star Trek. Yeah. What you're describing okay, is okay. Star Trek. There is a, okay. so like for Voyager, it's a great example of it. I mean, it's probably the most prominent one. The mission home. They have to just get home. They're 70,000, they're 70 light years away. They're trying to get home. Mm-hmm. And between that, they're they're experiencing new worlds and they're spreading Federation, you know, amazingness to the new Delta Quadrant. But the idea is that they got to get home. And then there are some other plots that last a few episodes long. There's one where uh, Tom Paris is pretending to be betraying the, 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 cup, the um, ship and like getting in a fight with Jakote, it's a really cool, weird thing that happens for like five episodes, but it's a one-off. It, that kind of thing doesn't normally happen. Generally, there's an overarching thing of like we need to get home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that that's how it should be because then you still have the the changes changes, but then there's character yeah. development. And one of the episodes that we picked for you, which was probably the first one we're gonna talk about, has some weird, cool ending that actually changes the story. But you wouldn't know if you didn't watch that episode that the story had changed. But it's something that lives in the yeah. background, and that's a lot of how Star Trek works. Okay. Okay. What's uh, well, well, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll so. talk about it in a sec. Yeah. Yeah. You'll know right away. And then, yeah. John, are you a fan of like the every episode being different, or do you like the Discovery? I mean, I'm assuming that you watch Discovery one through three. Yeah. Yeah. I watched okay. Them all. Or do you watched... kind of like that long storyline, consistent uh, every episode? Well, I, I like both. I mean, I love yeah. Voyager. I've rewatched Voyager probably seven or eight times through the God whole series. Damn, that's crazy. Uh, I haven't seen all of Next Generation. Uh, I'm watching the original series right now, and occasionally I'll put on Next Generation, like you're saying, in the background. Yeah, I've watched some Deep Space Nine, all of Discovery, Picard. Um, I think that's all of them. What's but, funny, John? Uh, you haven't yeah. seen the movies, though, right? No, I actually just bought mm-hmm. one of them though at the thrift cool. store yesterday. Um, I want to collect them all. Once I finish the original series, I'm going to watch those in order too, so yeah. that I can, you know, because I'm going to be taking notes and doing episodes of a podcast series based on each episode and everything. Uh, but yeah, I like both. I, I definitely, you can't have, you can't have a individual, you know, episode with a small arc per episode without having an overriding arc that covers everything yeah. because, mm-hmm. you know, you, there's, I mean, that'd be, I don't know. I think all TV is written that way. 
that would seem like you're not changing at all if, if, mm-hmm. at the end of each episode you know your crew dies and wakes up back in their old beds you know in the same position they yeah. were the previous episodes you want to see that that growth that character development over a long period yeah um but i love that each episode is drastically different too and sometimes mm-hmm. i think it's just how tv was written in the past because now i mean back then they didn't know how many seasons they would get and every every episode you had to hook somebody bring them in give them a roller coaster ride and then drop them off at the end uh, nowadays you, they sell you know pretty good to where they can get they they know they're going to have a whole season or you know two seasons three seasons to work with and they uh, i think they could do a more broad uh long-term story without having to take you on that roller coaster ride every episode yeah yeah um but yeah i think i think both are great i would love to see a a new version of voyager come out and and be written and directed and everything just like the original you know series was um but i also love seeing like picard and if they could make another series like that that's different and has a, a longer deeper developing uh story that'd be good too i think there's room in the industry to have both at the same time now why do you think uh question for both of you why do you why do we think that discovery season two where it was kind of going with that concept that every episode was kind of different then we switched back to season three and it's kind of the same thing as season one is it because they wanted to get this big story arc out of the way and maybe season four will kind of like okay we already learned we already learned what the burn was all about maybe we'll season four will might be the kind of like what season two was yeah, I don't no, know. I don't really know why they kind of switched it up like I, that. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I think. I'll tell you. I, to me, I think it's all behind the scenes stuff because after that first season came out, there was actually a big fan uproar over for, over two things. The connected story and the fact they changed the Klingons. Mm-hmm. Season two, Klingons are back to the way yeah. they're supposed to be and story was divided. Then we've got Captain Pike, played by Anson Mount, who killed it. I mean, I haven't seen somebody join the cast of Star Trek. Oh, well, no, no, Bones. Bones did really good in the movie because uh, the Bones Bones captured the old uh, McCoy back in the day. But I mean, he came in and he was just like, yes, dude, I want that guy to be the captain forever. He's so good. And then they're going to do a yeah. spinoff of them. And I think that was the idea. It was like, you know what? We'll have the spinoff. And they've been pitching it. The uh, Star, uh, Star mm. Trek, what's that? Brave New World or whatever it's called. Uh, that one will be 100% real Star Trek. And so that I think when they did that, they were like, okay, we could let we could let Discovery kind of turn back to the old ways. That the original oh, Discovery. Okay, okay. So that they kind of because the idea, what, what they're trying to do at, at CBS is they're trying to make sure that they have a Star Trek on year round. So they mm-hmm. don't want them to all be the same Star Trek. You know, I think that's what it is. Yeah. I love the so answer that, that, <laughs> Great. That uh that actually that that thing you were saying about uh Star Trek year round. I'm gonna get back to that because I would I do want to talk about what do we want to see uh for the future of Star Trek. But I want to get to this uh, Voyager. So uh, the couple episodes that I've watched actually from Voyager, like I said, I wasn't really going to give it a chance until they gave, told me the episodes that I have to watch that I agreed upon. Wait, real the first, quick. Yeah. Why didn't you want to give it a chance in the first place? What was holding you back know. for so long? Probably that fucking cat on the cover. Oh, God. <laughs> By the way, guys, oh. this asshole yeah. is referring Don't to Neelix give him a chance. as the cat on the cover. This One asshole. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I almost named my son after him. Yeah, Jonathan almost named uh, yeah. a kid oh, after God. him, and you're going to call he him. He was in the short Thank list. God. He was in the short list. <laughs> Thank God you have a wife. <laughs> that was like, fuck uh, that. Actually, if Jonathan <laughs> said it was a cat, he, she probably would have named it. <laughs> named him Neelix. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we will have a yellow cat at some point. Uh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, so the first episode I checked out um, was Deadlock. And one thing I do have to say first is uh, I'm not a, oh, before the, besides the episode, 
I'm not a big fan of the design of the ship in this Voyager one. You guys, is this like your favorite okay. ship design at all? So this is, gonna, this is going to be a bad conversation exterior. the entire time. Huh? This is just going to be some shit talking the entire time. <laughs> what, uh, what don't you uh, like seriously, about the ship? it looks like a fucking like like a deformed turd. Okay, that's what the ship. So you're saying like. the exterior form, like the, the way it looks from the exterior, outside? Yeah, I'm looking at yeah outside only outside. I'm not talking about the insides. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like it. I don't like. I like less how Enterprise has the saucer on the front of it as right. if they're trying to imitate a, you know, vintage UFO with green aliens kind of thing. And then it happens to have warp nacelles on the back. Mm-hmm. I like how Voyager was made more like a modern plane kind of shape with, you know, yeah. a, a nose and, and a body and, the you know, the cells on the back. Yeah. Um, it seems more like a realistic spaceship than, has, yeah. Yeah, than Some aerodynamics Enterprise. to it. Yeah, all those no yeah. So is this your favorite it. ship then, John? Oh yeah, no doubt. And I mean, Frank? it's my favorite ship because I've watched it my entire life. Yeah. So. I right. So, yeah. I, I so um, I'll tell you what. Uh, this is uh, there's an episode where they see a future ship that's like that blew my mind mm. when I saw that one, John. You remember that where they see a oh, future? Yeah. And it was like, that, oh my god, that's what they could be. <laughs> it's great. Mm. Um, yeah. Did you okay. see Voyager in uh, Discovery season three? That the the, the yeah, new version I mean, of Voyager, Voyager yeah. like Generation Ten or Nine or something like that. Uh, Look it up because yeah, it uses the living matter or whatever. So like the nacelles are detached and it's all mm. super sharp and angly and it just looks like that's the hot rod of Starfleet. It looks okay, really yeah, good. Yeah, look it up. I know I've seen because I remember. Yeah, because they went into the future like so many different years and they're all kind of like uh yeah like all missing family and shit because they're alone. So I remember that. I'll I'll look it up because I don't really specifically remember the ship. One thing to note too is Voyager is a smaller ship than Enterprise. Enterprise yeah. has like 430, I think, crew members. Voyager has about 150. Yeah, mm. it's not meant for the five-year mission like like Enterprises. It's just a science yeah, vessel. Yeah. And in this particular very unique case, which wasn't very sciencey, uh, they were out to stop the Maquis. So they weren't even like they were supposed to go out, do one thing, capture Chakotay, and then come back in. That was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Um... I do like the Discovery ship, but I really like the Lower Deck ship. And I think it's, I know it sounds dumb because it's a cart. Well, I mean, I guess they're all really oh, no, fake and animated. But um, um, I like how the color is all cr- uh, across the ship. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it's just really bright. It's almost like a fucking Star Trek in Christmas time frame. Like, they just decorated the ship. Ne- I really like that one. I like yeah. the design of it. The interiors no. are, are something unique. So, um, of course, it's hard yeah. to not say Voyager for me, right? Because it's just like, that's the one that it's my favorite. Voyager is my favorite mm-hmm. at all. So, but I'll, the interiors especially are really cool on next gen when they had like all the wood interior looks really mm-hmm. cool. And then, uh, probably my, so that is really close to my favorite, but my favorite has to be, uh, JJ Abrams ship because it's just that really mm-hmm. polished. Like it looks like iPhone made like, like Apple made the inside of the star Starfleet ships. It's all that real polished white with all the gleams and he's got the light flares everywhere. That's like, kind of like, you know, beautiful. Yeah. It's just really nice. I think that was probably my favorite one. Yeah, what, yeah. What's funny too is when you compare all the different ships and their their consoles and their technology and stuff like that from every season, it's such a direct representation of that era in our history. Yeah. So when you watch back the original series, uh, now we think of you know we used to think about uh, somebody reading the paper on the subway. Oh, but in the future, you know they're going to read a electronic paper and it's going to be yeah. a you know whatever <laughs> it'll upload the news. Yeah, it's called a cell phone. It has everything in it. We just <laughs> didn't know that's how it was going to shake out. But yeah. mm. it's got, you know, the full in it. So when you look at their consoles on the original series, it's like a submarine. 
Everything has a button and every button has a color and you take out a cartridge and put in another cartridge and then these buttons do a different job. And it's so rudimentary, but that's exactly like what their super advanced technology at the time was. So they figured that's what's going to get us into space. But yeah. it's funny when you look at all the different series, uh, their technology reflects on, you know, their era or generation at the time. Yeah. To the voyage, mm. to, the, to the submarine thing too, even Spock looks through like a, a, a eye viewer at his yeah. panel, which is, it reminds you when you go to a submarine, like when you look through the thing, you look around, that's what Spock yeah. does. He does that on the, on the console and it's so weird. That so I, I personally I've always thought like Star Trek is if the Navy let us into space and Star Wars is if the Air Force let us into space right and and because you have like these big ships with smaller ships that go off of them stuff like that and yeah it, it's just so funny to think of especially if you watch the first movie John when you watch the first movie that last mm-hmm. battle if you want to call it that in Star Trek movie is straight up like a submarine fight it's just a submarine fight it's so weird now looking back yeah. yeah. Now you're talking about the J.J. Abrams first movie, right? Just for yes. Okay. Okay. Well, no, I, I'm now, sorry. I was no. explaining to him like the first first movie, not the J.J. Uh, Abrams one. First Contact. Okay. Okay. The first no, one? First Contact's not the first one. No, there's actually okay. like it's called Star Trek: oh, The yeah. Motion Picture. Uh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. From the original series, right after the original and series. Generally, that movie's really bad. I'm not gonna lie to you. Star Trek Two is where it's at. That's with Khan, and that's where you get the classic, God, you know, yelling into the skies, and it's super good. Um, but yeah, the first one you got to watch because you got to watch him in order. But yeah. Did you know Khan was first introduced in the middle of the series, not just in that movie? Yeah. They refer to I it in the movie. That. Yeah. I, okay. I just watched that episode last night. I was like, wait a minute. That's that guy's Khan. That's like yeah. the one from the movie. I haven't even that's really seen the, well badass. seen the movie, <laughs> yeah. but not paid attention to it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's, that's cool. That's a big deal. I just he's, stumbled across something. Isn't he by himself in the original series? Like he's just a solo guy. He's not, he doesn't have a, like a group with him yet. He, no, he was with his group. He was the one that that his his uh, bio bed was failing or whatever. So yeah. they extracted him and wake him up. And then he, he same as kind of like the movie. He's trying to save his people, and they're like superhumans and uh, yeah. this whole thing. But but yeah. in in the regular Star Trek two, not the remake where he's by himself, but in the regular Star Trek two, he has a band of people with him that are all superhumans as well. And oh, so okay. he has like a crew of superhuman people with him that are like yeah. extra badass. Yeah. Nice. Now I I know I'm trying to get to this Voyager thing, but I keep like these questions keep popping up. Hey, that's so right. with the with the movies, um, is there a certain uh, is there a certain time where I need to watch like say like that that movie you were talking about with Gone popping up? So is this after Next Generation? Is this can I just pick it up play right now? And then who really uh, cares? I, I recommend watching them all in order, which I am doing, so we can watch and review different episodes or at least <laughs> talk about them back and forth. Because I'm watching the original series right now. Every night okay. I put it on. I'm trying to pay attention to, you know, specific episodes, and then I'll just let it run. But when I yeah. go back to it, it's like, all right, I actually remember episode five, so let me go back to five. Uh, but okay. then, yeah, okay. once once you finish that that series, watch the movies that came out after it, so that you get the whole story in order. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All so. the next, all the original movies, like the 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 original crew movies with Shatner, those all came out after the series because the series actually wasn't all that popular. It was after the series was done is when it became popular. And then mm-hmm. um, we talked about Martin Luther King was a big fan of it during while it's live, but nevertheless, it wasn't all that popular. Afterwards, it was more popular, so they started making the movies for it. That's why Shatner looks so different in the films because he's quite a bit older. And then mm-hmm. that the popularity of those movies led to Next Generation happening. And then there's even a there's you know where they have the two crews together, and then eventually you have Next Generation movies, which are fantastic. I'm a big fan of Nemesis, and I know a lot of people are not. But Nemesis with Tom Hardy as the bad guy, as the bad guy before he was buff, Shit. 
awesome. Yeah, he's in that movie. He's a clone of Picard. It's really cool. Oh, okay. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. Okay. So <laughs> let's get back to this uh, Voyager. So I watched the yeah. first episode of Deadlock, and out of mm-hmm. all the episodes that I watched, this was probably my favorite story of of, of yeah. the four that I watched. Um. I thought Deadlock was uh super unique for the fact that it was like that whole like uh what do you call it? like universes pulling apart but they're the same how do, how, do you want to kind of explain the, the story for those who are not familiar with star trek voyager or any oh god you're asking me to explain a story <laughs> that i'm really not that familiar I, with <laughs> i'm sure jonathan can do it for you if you can <laughs> john uh, some, they pull apart it's like themselves in different universes you got it you can do it <laughs> yeah so so they're running away from the vidians right voyager uh was attacked by like a vidian warship and they yeah. go to a, a plasma nebula i think it was and in that nebula, they are somehow I, struck by an energy surge from the nebula. And yeah, they it was are like a millisecond sh- or something. There yeah, saying. and they're shifted yeah. out of phase with themselves. A duplicate of Voyager okay. is made in two different phases with each other. One of them is perfectly healthy, staying fine, not a big deal. The other one is just constantly getting berated with these attacks that they can't identify. Yeah. And their ship is falling apart and, you know, everything's going wrong. Um, they, they think pretty soon we're going to have to abandon ship. Well, you've got to forgive me. I don't remember the exact reason, but for Are some reason, the one the one that's perfectly fine uh, cannot survive or whatever. They're like yeah. they're stuck in in that position in space or something like something. They're locked down. So, uh, but they do find a rift between their two uh, yeah. ships where uh, you're, you're able to jump through this you know portal pretty much to get into the other ship, and in the the one that's falling apart harry had died and um naomi uh, Wildman, the 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 baby uh, yeah yeah what, what's right. her name yeah naomi wildman i forgot her mom's name but um yeah Ensign so those wildman. two were yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways those two had died so they they communicate i think is janeway talking to janeway she actually met face to face and they they yeah. hashed out a plan and they sent harry with the baby from the the healthy ship back onto the almost destroyed ship and they find a way to get it away. So it was the one that was just limping that was able to survive and the one that was stuck, I, I think it still ended up having to be destroyed to it separate destroyed, the two. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I think um, it was, uh, I, I thought it was super, well, I mean, a lot of these Star Trek episodes I feel like are really unique anyway and uh, things they come up with. But I really like that one because it was like they were trying to communicate in a way to themselves and it yeah. was pretty different. Like one's obviously in distress and one's not. But I really like when Jinwei was talking to Jinwei in person for the fact that, hey, what if we do this plan? No, it won't work because of this. And then the the other Jinwei was like, oh, what if we do this? And it was going back and forth. And I really liked that. And uh, what I liked also with the episode is that experience loss. And that's when like you just said the baby died and Henry died. If I remember Harry. the name correctly. Harry. Um, so and I was like, oh, shit. This dude really just got sucked into space, like oh shit! <laughs> right. So, uh, one of one of uh, some of the things because I was taking notes on each episode, and I do have to say, um, I've been talking shit on this cat, dude, Neelix. Neelix, yeah. <laughs> the fact that uh, maybe sometimes that. he's unappreciated. Yeah, he makes all this food. <laughs> he makes all this food and whatnot. And then in the beginning of the episode, he asked that pregnant chick to be like, "Hey, can you fix? I don't know my fucking microwave or some shit that he want to fix." She selfish as fuck. She decides to go in labor, and he still has broken ass so shit in the selfish. kitchen. <laughs> okay, um, one thing that I thought was kind of weird too is uh, if you uh, to remember this the the woman that was having the baby, 
she uh, added, ended up having complications because the baby twisted in her and they kind of like transported that baby out. And I'm like, why didn't we just do that in the beginning? Like, I it's know it's a risky. more, yeah. yeah, they said it was like more of a risk, you know, whatever, but I'm like, Eh, it seemed pretty like pain, <laughs> painless when he actually fucking did Especially it. Especially so with like, this doctor who's like the most precise doctor in history. Yeah. <laughs> this yes. is the best doctor ever. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing uh, that's hard. Yeah. So so uh, to, it's kind of hard because you haven't watched like the first couple episodes of yes. Voyager and jo- yeah. So the relationship between the Maquis and, and the Voyager crew, you might not understand that 100%. The fact mm-hmm. that the doctor is just their emergency program that they're having to keep on this entire time. Doesn't mm-hmm. quite land, so it's kind of tricky. Like it's hard. Yeah. Because, You're missing you know, a lot of yeah. character development that makes like this cat guy like, oh my god, that's the coolest guy. I wish he was my uncle yes. or <laughs> this doctor. Like, man, I wish I could just like have him live as my Alexa because he's just a cool guy. Like, yeah, you know, that'd be dope. And he's not meant to be used, and he's having to like straight up learn. How, yeah, and, and his program can't do that. And there's some yeah. episodes where they have malfunctions because he's like having to expand his programming. Uh, yeah. and it's, yeah. it's in so early good. episodes he's like can you guys just turn me off when you leave like I, what yeah. am i supposed to do i'm i'm just on like i'm <laughs> i'm there's nobody to fix so turn me off and uh, it's funny because yeah. they're like well don't you just want to like read or something like just hang out and he's like no i'm just a program does and he then, yeah in yeah. that episode in deadlock does he leave med bay in, in, uh, office or no that's not until uh season three i think right okay i'm wondering i'm wondering if that's something that happened in that episode yet or not the doctor yeah. I don't remember him leaving. I remember okay. he was trying to defend the baby from being attacked, but he was hiding in the med bay still. So, so a, a really yeah. cool thing about the doctor is he eventually, eventually gets a device called the mobile emitter, which lets him walk around the ship because he has a thing, a badge on the, on his arm that's basically emitting him because he's a hologram. hologram. Okay, that okay. piece of technology is from what generate? It's like, how much? What, do you know what time uh, it's coming from? It's I from like remember. a couple hundred years in the future. They end up getting it back into the past so that he can exist. Mm-hmm. So he's wearing a piece of future tech, and that's mm-hmm. awesome. And then you got to think there's an episode where there's a Borg that 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 ends up like melding with his future tech and creates a future Borg that mm-hmm. becomes a good guy. I mean, there's like oh, yeah. Voyager's like one of just the best shows ever. <laughs> and and, yeah. and I, what what has to be mentioned on this one, I don't want I want to make sure you don't miss it, Squeaks. Yeah. For the rest of Voyager's seasons, for the rest of Voyager, that's not their Harry Kim or Naomi Wildman. Okay, so that's a different one. That's literally what I'm going so to cool. next. Okay, so oh, the okay. ending. Of, I want to make uh, sure the ending of, Yeah, so the ending of this is I freaking love for the fact that like okay they jump into the what you call it they go back to the ship right mm-hmm. so, so it's like watching Rick and Morty in a way to where like hold on what the fuck that's not that but we have to continue with these people but it's not like we know that's not them though so it's like holy shit like that, so that stuff like turns me on. Should should they have just evacuated everybody from one ship to the other and just have clones of everybody? So they said they they said they couldn't do more than like five people, I think, if I remember right, uh, something okay. like that. Yeah, there was like a limit of how many people because they thought about that. One of the generators were like, "Well, we'll just all transfer to your ba- uh, your ship," and they're like, "No, nah, you can only do like two to five people or some shit." Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, "Damn, that's so cool!" Because that's what I love so much about Rick and Morty is that oh shit, the Rick and Morty we knew from the beginning is dead. And now we get this alter universe one where, yeah, it's Rick and Morty, but it still feels different. Yeah. And I like in this episode, the misdirection, the whole time you're thinking like, mm. oh man, that ship's, that's a lost cause. They're getting so beat up yeah. and yet somehow this other one's totally fine. So at least, you know, we're going to be preserved. We'll still have all the the crew that we like and know. 
uh, they'll live on. These other ones are just going to have to die off, unfortunately. And then it's like, nope, that one's got to yeah. go from 10% of uh, life support and get all the way back to 100. The other one's staying where it is or it's going to be destroyed or whatever. Yeah. 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 And so it's like, dang, that sucks. So we've got to recover from almost destroyed and, you know, barely hang on. But like you'll see if you watched uh, Year of Hell when, <laughs> when Janeway's looking through the... Uh, <laughs> What do you call that? Best episode. <laughs> the, the the whole front of the ship is torn off and she's just looking through a force field that's just keeping the ship together. It's oh, like, oh my God, is, that's so bad. And she just yeah, straight which... up, just biggest dick captain ever move. She's such a fucking right? badass. I love, I love Voyager. It's driving me nuts that you've only seen three enough. I mean, like, I'm happy. I'm happy you watched some Voyager. But now I'm just like, yeah. and I remember one of the episodes you didn't watch that we put on the list was Living, uh, Living Memory. Um, oh, did you find the list? Uh, well, I just happened to remember, like, oh, that's right, that's one of them. I want to make sure <laughs> okay, you see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll bring it up after you after we're done talking about uh, Deadlock. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. So, uh, my thing, uh, question for you guys is: is uh, Voyager after Next Generation time time wise? Not not story timeline, but production wise, like it was after. Is it just yeah. the one directly yeah. after? Yeah. Okay. Well, so it, no, Deep actually, Space Nine um, is after Voyager. Deep no? Space Nine is started before. John was one clarifying for this to me. Deep Space Nine started right after Next Gen. Uh, production wise yeah. and then Voyager was while wow, that was still airing as well I think, okay. I think Deep Space Nine was on for like a year or two before Voyager started mm-hmm. so they were they were running most of the time together because yeah. what I, the only reason why I said because what, what I really noticed is the camera angles and uh, were a lot different compared to watching Next Generation instead of just like still um, there the, kind of like these the curves and stuff it was just more um, modern Exciting. I guess you could say yeah Action so yeah yeah <laughs> But on top of that, too, is what I loved so much. And I was texting John about this either. Like the production of the actual uh, equipment. And it literally feels like, okay, we built this room. Okay. And we're going to fucking blow it up. Okay. To where like the things were fun. It was almost like I was feeling in the at the back lot of like a Universal Studios. To where it shows like, okay, hey, look, the the tubes come falling down. This gets on fire. This desk blows up and this stuff like that. And it really feels like, okay, that shit's there instead of just kind of like CGI-ish. Yeah, it's so, really good production quality, especially for a Star Trek. And you know the budget isn't isn't huge, but yeah. they put a lot into making those sets like solid and sturdy and yeah. feel so real, especially when it's falling down on top of you. Yeah, and it, 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 I don't know something about that is where I'm more appreciative than ha- having a lot of the like CGI effects really into everything. Yeah. Um, like if there's a fire, you really know like oh shit, this you know Janeway's really standing in front of a fire. I'm gonna get to in the this uh year of the hell mm. here shortly, <laughs> but um, is that something that I guess just I mean nowadays everything looks a lot better. We don't really right. see that as much if they were to use that kind of stuff. But I'm kind of comparing to Discovery, and it's like man, Discovery I can see like on a green screen all day, but maybe right. it's just that good with cameras. Um, is this something that should just keep going along with the years, or are we just kind of way past that? We'll never see this ever again. So you're wanting to see more practical effects than than yeah special. yeah yeah even but, though it might not look as clean or something yeah. but it's still like it really is there you know I think if I think the new Star Trek with with Pike might be willing to do that more yeah because yeah. it's one of those things it's kind of like when J.J. Abrams redid Star Wars was the idea like oh yeah we're gonna bring in a bunch of practical effects stuff like that um yeah. we might see that the Star Trek fandom is funny because unlike the Star Wars fandom where it's like a lot of mainstream people like it too and so. They get, everything that's said gets amplified real fast. In the Star Trek fandom, is not a lot of mainstream fans. The fans that are there are insanely loyal and um, and opinionated, so they will make adjustments for them. 
But there is this like level of like, I'm still going to watch every Discovery, even if it's not what I would like, because we yeah. just don't get enough Star Trek. And yeah. and so even if they never touch practical effects again, like when when the prequels came out, well, yeah, even my parents know that that movie was too much CGI kind of thing. But in Star Trek, they don't know that Discovery didn't uh, use too much of a linear storyline when that's more of a fandom kind of thing. So I think yeah, that might be the yeah. difference there. Now, it's like when you're, when you're, right. say, it's like when you're starving at a fancy restaurant and your risotto isn't cooked just right. You're going to be pissed off about it, but you're going to eat it because you're starving. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you'll probably tell them something, but they're not going to take it back and recook because you're starving. Yeah. So you so, want more Star Trek, even if it's bad. I think a lot of it is, uh, oh, really, John? Because that's why you haven't seen Lower Decks yet. But okay, anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that was bad. I'm not, no, I'll watch it eventually. It's just not yet. Yeah. Uh, so now, not really like meaning to jump shit, but I'm going to jump shit a little bit because of what you're So if all the fans were saying like, hey, Star Wars, your latest trilogy is fucking trash. Okay. And now we got Mandalorian. Are our standards now because of Mandalorian a lot more higher to where we might not be as acceptant? Definitely. Of uh, maybe something else. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm thinking like, okay, yeah, we're still going to watch it. But I think at the point, Star Wars already, well, this is my opinion too. I don't like a big, the, the newest trilogy. Like, if you keep giving me shit like that, I don't really want to watch your stuff anymore. Yeah. Um. But now that I'm watching, like, I enjoyed Rogue One. I know Han, Han Solo got a lot of beef, Um. not being very well, but I kind of enjoyed it. But Mandalorian now, it's like, everything needs to be on that level. Right. So, do you think they'll actually, do you think fans will be like that now? It's like, no. kind of like the Star Trek, what you're saying? No, I think, yeah, I mean, no. Well, pers- personally, I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt you. Uh, personally, I think that what, what they're going to do with Star Trek is they're just going to give you what you want in another show. So I think there will be, like, if you're not a fan of the linear stories, don't watch Picard okay. if, or, and, or Discovery. D- Discovery's kind of the hybrid one, right? Uh, if you don't like the the off-the-beaten-path of, of Lower Decks, don't watch it. But you will have your favorite Star Trek show on at some point. Okay. So okay. because, okay. Be- luckily, luckily, because of Paramount Plus, what was CBS Access, they just want to create content and they know if they have the Star Trek name, it's the thing they own is so powerful that, that every Trekkie will pay for that few months to make sure to watch their favorite yeah. show. They'll do it for that. The reason that like, you know, Mandalorian's not going anywhere. The Witcher's not going anywhere because that guarantees Netflix and Disney plus two months of your time. <laughs> you know, that's what they need. To now play. do you, yeah. So with Paramount plus, I saw that advertised now on my CBS app. Um, so they're just, it's just like a, a Paramount bought the CBS deal or they're merging. No. Or... Yeah, Viacom merged with CBS two years ago now. And okay. I think it was two years ago. Um, and they're just, cha- yeah, they're just adding, they're just changing the name over. And now they're going to bring in the Viacom slash mostly Paramount a library. So you're just going to get more stuff. Nothing else is going to change. You're going to get more things. Though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I saw they were, they were advertising like the SpongeBob stuff and yeah. Whatever the hell I forgot what it was like. Oh, New Jersey Shore ish. Uh, I guess I'm something. You know, oh, I can't wait for Jersey Shore. Oh yeah. I'm so oh excited. my god, big fan. We should do a podcast of just Jersey Shore. No, I'm gonna sit out on that one. I think I'm gonna. Yeah. That's uh, when you're gonna finally have a different since I'll be by myself. guest than me. Yeah, yeah. You, you and Joe Bear. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure Joe. I know Anthony uh, was a fan of it back in the day. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Especially when they go to uh, Italy. Fucking best season ever. Okay, so, we'll take your anyway. word for it. One thing that I noticed, uh, so okay, so we'll, we'll go on. A, uh, is it year year of hell? Year Just of year hell. of hell, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so year of hell part one. I made a couple notes here. Uh, here's a couple notes here as well. Um, I'm a little confused, a little lost. Okay, so and I know you guys will be able to fill me in, and I don't want to like stand all day just trying to fill me in, but. 
what was the deal of making the Voyager suffer the whole time? Because they, because of what? He was because trying to was... push them out of time. He was trying to erase them from okay. time. So the, his ship, the the okay. Krenim okay. ship, has the technology to very well calculate it, erase a species yeah. from existence yeah. by just making a change of that one butterfly mm-hmm. didn't get squished 16 million years ago mm-hmm. and your entire planet didn't get populated. So he was trying to push Voyager up, but Voyager being as advanced as they, as they are, uh, made a board modification to their shielding to have temporal shielding. So they were trying to resist their their time change the whole time, uh, okay. but it was still okay. doing a lot of damage to the ship in the process. It kept throwing okay. the calculations okay. up too. Every time he would do something, it was like pinging off a of Voyager and changing everything else where all of a sudden his people were at a bigger disadvantage and stuff. So that's now, why Voyager wasn't changing. Huh. This this concept really reminded me of um of like Civil War Two, the comic books. I don't know if you guys read like Civil War Two at all. But mm-hmm. uh, basically like Captain Marvel knowing the future and like, okay, we're gonna stop the villains before it happens. And Iron Man's like, no, we can't be doing this because they could just be like one day fishing on a fucking lake and next thing you know they're being arrested for something that they don't even know what happened. You know, they're being arrested right. for that's something that could be in the future. So I like I like that. That's neat. Um, but the thing also, what I enjoyed is that are these like people, this race going to ever pop up again? Cause I feel like they are insanely fucking strong. They, they don't come back again in the Voyager series, but they are yeah. in the book series. And so I'm, okay. I was, I just started reading. I just, well, I just, uh, listened to the audible of one of the books or two books actually. Um, uh, but now audible I'm like, plug. okay, I got to buy the whole collection. So once I'm done watching all of star Trek, um, in between the watching the movies and stuff to go along with the show, I've got to read all the books that I can find because uh, I want to okay. figure out when they interact with them. Because the the book that I was just reading, um, the Voyager and a group were sent out uh, to do. They're called the the full circle fleet, and they're supposed to just go out into the Delta Quadrant and do like a full circle and come back. And so mm-hmm. the main purpose of that, I think, in the book was that it's like a secret mission. Uh, to make first contact, peaceful first contact with the Krenim. Um, mm-hmm. And they know that they have this this uh, temporal shift power, whatever, the ability to change time. So uh, they have like time protected records and everything and a way to alert themselves if a change is made. And it's all this, all this stuff going on to try and uh, interact with them without, you know, being attacked by them. Uh, but Janeway's a little smarter than that. And she's like, you know, sometimes you just don't poke the bear kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And wants to stay away. Uh, so it's really like, j- that's just what I got from what little bit I heard from okay. another book that isn't even quite to them yet. It's, it's mm-hmm. before that. So, uh, uh, yeah, I still want to hear what well, happens with them. Question now. for you, Jonathan. How do they know that they Kremlin, uh, the Kremlins have the time shift powers ability? Voyager explained it all when they got back. No, but Voyager doesn't know that there's time shift after the events yeah, of the Year of Hell. Spoiler alert, we're getting there. Ooh, I don't know. That's a good question. Oh, we better fucking write we a poked a hole that. in this bitch. Okay, somebody tell <laughs> right? Jerry Ryan I felt I saw I, I broke a hole in their story there. No, because that, that's interesting. I wonder if they get back and they like do like a deep scan on the computers or whatever, and they're like, "What's going on here? Voyager was yeah. destroyed or something like that," you know? Well, because so. Uh, because there's the there's the temporal prime directive and there's the right uh, i don't know i don't know i don't remember the right name but it's pretty much their time cops they have like um an order of you know uh yeah time cops time police or time cops is perfect yeah yeah (laughs) it's not i know it's not the right term people are probably screaming at their phone right now van damsen um but they 
developed a system like where they have uh, buoys even i think a, a buoy that they would leave out okay. for their records um so all of their files would get updated to that and then it would periodically compare the time protected records versus their live records and if they find a small deviation of any sort it alerts them hey something's changed in the in you know in time and then they can uh check and figure out what it was and they have temporal shielding now too they can shield the ship but it can only last for a certain amount of time or whatever so yeah, uh, I wonder if like they found out that like oh there there's definitely somebody changing time out there, and mm-hmm. Voyager went through there. So Voyager, whether they know it or not, must have experienced them kind of thing. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. Even Janeway when she got home couldn't tell anybody about that story because she yeah. didn't know about it by the end of the episode. Yeah, that's a that's I, a trip. That's I love this question. episode Fucking so much. <laughs> I, I need I need to get through all those books. There's like eight books already that I haven't read. I read the last two of the series so far, yeah. but not the, all the ones before it. So it's like, I, I think oh, okay. other people should yeah. listen to them too. Absolutely. And their best chance to listen to them is to check out geek or audible trial.com backslash geek freaks. I think that's their best bet. Right. Yeah. So there's two, <laughs> the two that I listened bet. to were from that series, but there's like six books before that too. Uh, so yeah, yeah, hit up audible and convince them to put them all on there. Cause I much prefer listening to a book rather than reading it myself. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> it's a lot faster. One thing, cause I, because the reason like the technology is so insane that they could be an, an, an intense villain, how easy they are to manipulate the time. And one of my favorite things was, uh, um, horror, what the fucking names, the character with a tattoo, like Mike Tyson tattoo on him. Chicote. Okay. Oh so gosh, he gets, so much shit. I know <laughs> he doesn't know about the Maquis, which is killing me myself. Right. <laughs> right. Like how important Chicote really is. Sorry. Go ahead. We need to do so, many episodes of this. So he was explaining to uh, the 70s show, uh, Dad, and uh, that's how all my characters are going to be like. Yeah, Red. I just call it Red. I'm good at that. Okay. So they're explaining like, okay, so what happens if we like miss this asteroid? And they look on the screen and and everything, information changed. Like, well, if you miss an asteroid, you'd be responsible of killing this many people and then 8,000 species when it has survived right now. I'm like, holy shit. How dope is that? Yeah. Okay. I I just think like, like they're just ultimately so powerful. Yeah. but jumping to uh, part two, though, is which is going to get kind of lead me to just a little fun question. Janeway um, is probably the best fucking commander of all Star Trek I've ever watched so far. Like, all right. Oh, you are all exactly <laughs> like yes. she because. OK, so watching like um, Picard himself in Next Generation, yeah, like, yeah, he's stirring his business or whatever. But Janeway has something to where, like, you know, if if we're all going to die, we're all going to die or, or like this attitude of like, fuck that. This is what we're doing. And a lot of it showed obviously in the ending of the part two where she was like, screw it. I'm going to crash my ship and it's for my people. Whatever. It's always for like, I guess it's so like a, not selfish in a way, you know, like, yeah. Selfless. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So strong. And, and, and it's like, damn, man, that's a fucking leader right there. You know? It, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Now, the question is, because uh, you guys are Voyager fans, I'm assuming, like, if you had to be in any ship, pretty much under any commander, you'd probably be with Janeway, I'm assuming, or uh, anywhere yeah, else? Yeah, Janeway all day, yeah. every day. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how to get around any other ship. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I wouldn't know how to navigate. I'd get lost. I can tell you. Oh, oh man, Squeaks. There's one episode where the ship is, like, in different time, timelines within the ship, and it's, mm-hmm. like, it's so cool because then they're like go over here and the kids are young and they go over there and they're and they're like oh this one's back when the, some other bad guys took over the ship and like it's so cool it's like yeah man it, the holodeck alone on Voyager is fantastic there's 
the World War II episode is one of my actual favorites. I didn't want to share with you because it was like, mm. you have to know the crew first. But, yeah. I mean, oh, man. So that's the killing good. game, part one and two. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, those she, are good ones. Well, one thing, too, is like she really gets in these arguments that she's going to do whatever she wants to do. And and a lot of it, too, that I liked a lot was the deadlock where Jinwei was talking to Jinwei. So it's like, okay, I already know what you're going to do because this is the way I think. And it was so like, hey, I'm going to go and make sure this gets done. And then in the part two, the year of hell part two, she's arguing with the doctor of like, you're going to if you're going to stop me, you're going to have to kill me because yeah. I don't give a shit about you have no power to like, what was it like? Say you're not fit for duty. Yeah. Um. So then ultimately leads into where she crashes the ship into the uh that race. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> you guys got to fill in that. Yeah. Which now, his name is Anorax. I looked it up. The, the, the leader of the ship. ship. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, one I kind of thought that I was like, wonder if these people, Krenum, are the reason why they just can't really get back home. And then after she crashes it and then it restarts, I was like, fucking what an ending. What yeah. an ending. And then she comes across <laughs> that one ship that's like, Hi, welcome to the welcome to this area of space. And it's like Yeah. One of my favorite things about that episode, which we really haven't explained this episode much, but anyways, yeah, they keep coming across like that same guy that's like the welcoming committee in different mm-hmm. states where he's just like, we're a pathetic army. And the next is like, welcome to the war zone. And then he's yeah, like, it's yeah. just great because it's like, depending on how well his his people are, is depending on how aggressive he is. If they're, if they're the dominant species, he's like, good to fuck out. Not even get up. He'll be just casually like, oh, we're going to be taking your ship and all of your people are going to be slaves yeah. on our planet. And yeah. we might not execute you, depending if you have a strong back. <laughs> mm-hmm. If no, you're a good slave. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with this, though, I kind of like that also, too, is that his crew was kind of turning on him as well, because it's been yeah. so long. They're like, look, bro, I'm tired as fuck. We need to stop doing yeah. this. But yeah, I think they're um, outside of time. So it might have been 10 years. Yeah. It might have been 6,000 years. They could have been yeah. doing a forever. Uh, yeah. I thought they said something like 200 years. They said 200. Correctly. Yeah. Uh, they said 200. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so they got, yeah, I just, man, I just, that ending. So, so far with these episodes that I've watched, the endings have been phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. And it's so crazy. It's like <sighs> jam-packed. Okay. Okay. So like a jam-packed two-parter with a beautiful ending. It's like, man, that was only two episodes in the series or in the yeah. season. And it was God, it was so memorable. So, good. Yeah. Yeah. so for anybody <laughs> that is listening, widely, that is like the best episode though. Like everybody agrees, like that is the best episode. And then Endgame is probably like the second best one, which is the the, the season the series finale, and has like mm-hmm. time travel and Borg and upgrades to the ship that are fucking cool, and it has like a little yeah. bit of everything that the series can provide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for anyone listening, the the Year of Hell because we just briefly touched on like the story of it, but. Voyager encounters a time truck or a, a time manipulating ship that can erase an entire species from existence. Uh, and Janeway's fighting it. They're trying to push, you know, Voyager out of, out of time. Uh, eventually after Voyager's almost destroyed and she sent everybody away. So that she crashes Voyager as dismantled as it is into this time ship, uh, mm. you know, controlled by the Cranham Imperium. And it destroys the time ship, which erases all of their interactions and undoes the damage the time ship had done. And then Voyager is just cruising on its way, you know, on course to get home. Like they never encountered. So yeah. Rewinds really time by one year. It's the year of hell. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's the same thing of like deadlock where it's like, Oh shit. Like we're just going to forget like all that happened and just continue with the, with the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought those were, I don't know, just beautifully done so far. So I'm like, I'm really liking the episodes that you gave me so far. Yeah. Um, I started Void, 
couldn't finish it because I have a daughter that just won't let me let me finish it right now. Mm-hmm. Crawling around, getting in it, everything. Um, so basically, we can try to sum this up. I don't really have too much uh, like yeah um, thoughts of it. Yeah, it up again. Um, yeah, because I mean, he's he's doing a beautiful job at doing that. He's so doing far. great. He needs the practice. So <laughs> so far as <laughs> so far as dark as shit because there's no stars and that's all I got. Uh, so void someone's gets real good into at a vacuum of space. There's <laughs> there's a void in space, like a pocket that exists outside of the rest of space. It's just like though space is a vacuum. This is a vacuum within the vacuum. It's it's a uh, uh, like gravity or quantum mechanics that forces. Uh, these ships to be stuck inside there. They can't yeah. get out. Uh, so in there, there's no resources. So everybody mm-hmm. who's been in there has been in there for a long time and they're running out of energy. They're running out of food, water, yeah. and everything they need. You and know so what? All- I just real quick, I got to the part where Genway is trying to make her own alliance just to yeah. use, just to trade within each other to other resources. Yeah. So, okay. so everyone that gets gets uh, drawn into this <laughs> void gets picked at right away by the vultures. Everyone sw- swarms around and just starts beaming everything off their ship, taking resources they need and destroy the ship while they're at it. Why not? Uh, well, uh, Janeway, you know, fights back and defends themselves, but some of their technology is stolen. So she tries to make an alliance with other people and says, hey, we're going to share. We'll bring in anybody, any new ships that, that join are welcome. Any other ships that are here, we're going to give you medicine, food, anything you need, anything we have to offer. We will divide it amongst everybody peacefully and together we'll collectively find a way to get out of here. And we won't start because any new ship coming in, we'll invite them, we'll protect them. They'll be part of our, our uh, alliance. And we'll share their resources as well. And then, you know, everybody else like, oh no, that's not going to work. You know, you're going to, you know, you're going to get uh, taken advantage of and destroyed and blah blah blah. Nobody's going to want to work with you. You know, we'll take your food, but you know, we don't want your help, kind of thing. And uh, you know, sure enough, uh, Voyager finds a way to get out of the void. And that's what she was dead set on. Is like, we're not going to be in here for years, like you guys. We're we're going to find a way out. Like yeah, we yeah. have hope that we'll we'll escape. And so, yeah, sure enough. Voyager uh, leads the way and is able to get out of there. And yeah, I think she yeah. brought three other ships along with her, something like that. Yeah. It, my uh, favorite thing about that episode is it's it's Janeway making the Federation again. And it, it's mm-hmm. reminding mm-hmm. the viewers why, because this, this series doesn't have the Federation, but this episode does. And it reminds you why the Federation is so badass that like mm-hmm. humans are cool. But when you add Vulcan, <laughs> like it, it's this much better. And that's what we saw in that episode huh. is like, Voyager has this tool, and then you bring in the guys that are the spies. John, I know you mean, know what I mean by the spies. They bring mm. in this tool and stuff like that, and like it's just so cool. And even like when one guy starts to steal, and they like counter it with like justice, and it's just like this is the Federation. It's just a microcosm of it, so you could see why it's so amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah but even I, I, so far from home, way out in the Delta Quadrant, you know, Janeway holds up the principles of the Federation, and we're not going to become savages. You know, we have. You know something worth fighting for, yeah. and that's our humanity and integrity and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, Gene Roddenberry episode yeah. ever, <laughs> right? Exactly. See, that's yeah. what we're missing that's in lower decks. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I did get to the part where it was like uh, they had people come on their ship, and then they uh, were feeding them. They're like, "Hold on, how'd you get this kind of food?" And they're like, "Oh, well, we helped this person to help replicate whatever food. I don't know if I can. I don't remember." But pretty much like that. So yeah. I really like how there are like you know that too. It's like the small federation and this little. I mean, a, a small federation that she's building. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to uh, obviously finish that episode, but I do think like overall, I am going to revisit this Voyager series. I think it's super great. I think after I finish with next generation, I'm going to jump to Voyager is the question though is deep space nine. What do you guys deep think space of that? Is that, is is good. that I is haven't it watched like, it all. I've watched uh-huh. like probably a couple dozen episodes. 
it mm-hmm. is it feels a lot like voyager except mm-hmm. i mean in the in the um design and the technology in it and everything it's it was aired just before pretty much the same time as voyager uh the difference is the setting is is totally different the plot is totally different because deep space nine is a space station near uh, the bajoran homeworld so you know an alien race and there's uh kardashian kardashians and stuff like that uh, no, romulans. <laughs> okay. also kardashians, but, uh, romulans and and bajorans are are commonly on the space station and so mm. there's a lot of like that social political you know game going and stuff like that but it uh it's not you know wandering through space very much they are yeah. near a wormhole that goes to the beta or gamma quadrant i think so sometimes they'll go through the wormhole and then find some some weird alien or something like that but uh, for the most part it's on the space station so it's a different feel a different setting i don't think it's as fast moving but it is a lot more of that like social political stuff yeah yeah uh, but it's still a really good series and it's similar technology and everything look and feel as voyager Okay, so then, like, okay, so then for you, Frank, so I'm guessing Deep Space Nine is pretty good for you, too? Like, you enjoyed it uh, and whatnot? I have only watched a few Deep Space Nines. For me, I like the okay. time travel episodes are my favorite ones, so I've watched every time travel episode of every other franchise, um, and then I'll kind of, like, bounce around, I'll, like, randomly watch, put, put a next gen on, but Deep Space Nine is actually probably, really like, my least watched of all of them. Okay. But, yeah, it's, so it's then, definitely good, and it's definitely yeah. on the list. Okay, so then for so my question is, Okay, so besides just having Next Generation play in the background and super focused, okay, I'll, I'll watch, like, focus-wise, I'll watch Voyager. Um, what should be the next thing that I jump into after Voyager? Should I go back and watch the original series, kind of like what John's doing right now, or? No, I, I think you should watch yeah. Enterprise, the one that nobody likes. Enterprise, oh, okay. That I like that one, too. I've only you watched probably like six or seven episodes. Yeah, it's, I haven't watched any of that one. I almost don't even count it as a Star Trek. Oh, it is good. <laughs> so it's so funny because so if you don't know Enterprise, uh, Star Trek Enterprise, people often confuse it for Next Generation because the ship is Enterprise. Even yeah. the original series ship yeah. is Enterprise. Uh, this one started in like the year two thousand or two thousand two, something like that. Yeah. So it's after Voyager, but the mm-hmm. time frame of the show actually takes place before the original series. So it's, okay. yeah, it's the first it, Federation ship with warp. So it's like the very yeah. first okay. ship, basically. Okay. And it's like the first Vulcan on a human ship and stuff like that. So there, it's all new things, but it's in a time you know the original series that was in the what eighties. This is yeah, you know modern technology. Sixties, sixties, yeah, yeah, old old times back then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's back yeah. then. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's really cool. Like one of the first few episodes, they talk about. Um, uh, beaming somebody up and they're like wait we can't use that kind of technology on a human right and they've never done it but we mm-hmm. take advantage of the original series they'd beam me up scotty they would beam people back and forth so this is taking place when we just got past rocket ships and then we had nasa and, you know mm-hmm. basic spaceships now the we finally got warp <laughs> yeah yeah and then there's other like steps in technology that we're seeing it's filling the gap between where we are you know now or maybe 50 years from now and then where they end up you know hundreds of years from now the year 3000 or whatever it is but yeah it's pretty pretty good series so frank brought up like okay a lot of people don't like the series why is that because honestly when you bring up enterprise i was kind of like at first the same thing like oh what next generation uh i don't really see this one advertised as much like when i go scrolling through the star trek so what what is it that a lot of people don't like about this one yeah it's definitely the least liked of amongst the star trek fandom uh i think it's just the timing it came after Deep Space Nine and Voyager, both airing simultaneously. And I think at that point, there was straight up a Star Trek fatigue. And so mm. 
you can't really imagine it now, but there was a point in time when there was just too much Star Trek. <laughs> it sounds great. Because not only was <laughs> yeah. not only was Voyager, like for example, Voyager had a new episode, I think it was every Wednesday, but they were also aired on the same exact channel that they did the new episode. Uh, they also aired um, reruns every single night. And so, I mean, it was, you could always watch it. That's how I spent my high school days was <laughs> every night I was watching Voyager. Um, mm. But yeah, so it, it was a lot of Star Trek coming out. And so when it came out and then it wasn't like, I mean, it had a decent, it had a good crew and it had, the reason I suggested too is it has better graphics than Voyager in Deep Space Nine. It was actually a decent jump graphically. And then you also have like the introduction to the world. So it's like a really good, like if you're not going to watch like First Contact or something like that, this is a good replacement for that. Um, it, I think it's, it's just, I think it was just too much Star Trek at the time. I think people were just kind of ready for a break. Yeah. Yeah. One thing too that I see is a big red flag that I think could easily, I mean, was probably the biggest thing that turned people off is the intro, the theme song for this is, it's so offbeat. It doesn't make any sense. It is like a slow, yeah. I don't even know. I mean, I'm sure it's an actual song that somebody plays. Yeah, but but you know what though, John, I'm going to, uh, I got to interrupt because uh, I kind of felt like that with Voyager. Okay. Oh, like, we had such a good episode fuck. of the podcast <laughs> and you just ruined it. <laughs> Dude, if you don't like that, that's all Star Trek. That's Gene Roddenberry's uh, Star Trek right there. Uh, that, no, because I don't mind Next Generation. I don't mind Discovery. Um, that Voyager song. I, this Voyager, uh, I was like, oh. That doesn't okay. make you rock hard nothing uh, in the world, man. I mean, I don't, I don't understand. This is a nice cruise in don't space. Don't watch Enterprise. <laughs> uh, I got a buddy that knows how to play it on, on, on like piano and stuff like that. And it was my ringtone forever until the Game of Thrones when replaced it, but I mean, that is yeah. such a beautiful song. Yeah, I can Once see somebody learning on a piano. It's very simple sounding. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> before you judge, watch the entire series. See if you don't fall in love yeah. and remember who Neelix is. And yeah, then yeah, see it. if you actually like the intro. <laughs> if you're not like humming it, you know, in the shower and stuff. Because it's yeah, going to get did you, I just get found planted. out too, uh, Neelix has his own movie. Did you know that? I know he has his own cookbook. I have that. Garfield? It's called Cats. <laughs> <laughs> okay some shit talking going on i just want to really quick mention the episode that we suggested oh, that shit. you didn't uh bring up uh it's called yeah. the living memory uh mm. and what it is is uh it, the doctor who's a hologram wakes up in a museum that's like i want to say like 600 years in the future and he wakes up and he doesn't understand what's going on and it's in a museum on a different planet a random planet and on the planet there's two major races that are coexisting, but there's still hostile tensions because racism. And uh, and so he wakes up on this planet and he's in a museum to the war atrocities of the terrible Hitler-esque Captain Janeway and the, the battleship Voyager. Mm. And they have like, it's so cool because they have like, a, um, what would it be called, John? And like where you have like a, a fake version of the of something. A, replica, um, uh, a replica? Yeah, or... like a replication of what it was like on Voyager. And so, the, mm. but like, Janeway has like a crop cut and like a military suit and and like uh, Tuvok is a torturer and stuff like that mm. and like Bolana's full cool face tattoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has the full face tattoo instead of his partial tattoo and like yeah. So it's like all oh, super hardcore. Voyager yeah. self has like straight up cannons on it and stuff. Janeway's like, putting on like black leather gloves to like yeah. torture somebody with kind of thing. Yeah, and so really, and then so then the doctors had to try to explain like no, this isn't what happened on Voyager. And their story of the planet is that oh, on Voyager they sided with. The prominent species and then they massacred the uh, lesser species and so then like in the current day of that planet the while the species are kind of uh, close to each other there is still one that's a little bit under the other one like uh, social economically and um, but there's this like guilt thing that's in, that involved there and then the doctor explains like 
you guys need to work together. You the story you guys were told was all propaganda, and like this is how you guys work together, stuff like that. So it's just such a cool episode because you get like this badass version of Voyager that's like this warmonger, and then you get to see like the same story told from multiple perspectives, which is a was that it's like a I forget what it's called. It's a Japanese term. Um, when they do that in shows and movies, but it's just really well done, and it shows it's like, and then at the end, uh, uh, I think the Doctor takes a, a shuttle or a, a rocket or whatever, and he's like going to go try to find, trace Voyager's steps and stuff like that, six hundred years in the future, which is all retconned because he he makes it home with Voyager. But um, it's just a really cool like side story. What if you know? So it was. Yeah, and I remember really cool. how did that how did that peel off? How did he end up? Was he a, an, a another copy of? It could have been a backup copy of him is what it would okay. most likely have been. Cause he has backups. It would have been a backup yeah. of his. Then there's the one where he has to learn to sing. I mean, there's so many great episodes of Voyager. Yeah. The one where that is like a planet who thinks that he's like the best singer in the world. Mm-hmm. And so they yeah, want him to do concerts. And then they're like, well, we want, we wrote this new piece of music for you. It's the first time this, this cert, this planet that uses math to communicate. Basically they're like, this is our first piece of music we've ever written as a planet. He'd like for you to sing. He's like, I can't sing this. This is beyond what a human can do. He's like, well, they're like, well, just change your program, make it work. He's like, no, I'm a person. I'm not going to change my program to sing better. They're like, okay, mm-hmm. we'll just make a copy of you that's better. And then he's like, I yeah. thought you guys loved me. Oh, it's so fucking good. One more. Okay, yeah. one more to suggest. So one more to suggest. Okay. They come across a planet where the 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 time on the planet changes faster than it does on the ship. All right, yeah, Jonathan, you know. That's another Doctor Heavy one that you love. Okay. I, 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 there's so many. Vo- uh, Doctor's my favorite character. So um, the the planet they're watching it and it's like goes through caveman goes to renaissance goes it's like going faster than they do and it's like in a week they go through an entire like what else so Century. they send the doctor down and the doctor comes back after like ten seconds and it's been three years for him and they find out that the doctor thought the Voyager abandoned him well but he could see the star Voyager's a star on this planet and Voyager's causing earthquakes on the planet by being in the atmosphere um, he comes back and come to find out he had a wife he adopted a son. He had a favorite football team kind of thing. And like, it was this whole thing. And it was just, and then like yeah. the very first NASA ship, their goal was to reach the star and they get to it. And like these people get on board and they're like, welcome. This is what the future, this is what we are. And while those people visit them, their families die and their children die and stuff like that. Mm, because yeah. time travels. So like, years go by. Yeah. It's like if Neil Armstrong came back to earth 300 years from now. Yeah. So it's just, what, what, oh, it's so what's cool. the name of that episode actually? I couldn't tell you. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'll still look it up. Say, man, I just like shotgun like badass. three episodes at you that it's hard to not <laughs> right? get out about. You yeah. just honestly, if you like Boyd, just start it that season one and just watch them in order. Yeah. So many good ones. Yeah, you, you, they're all they're all amazing. So that first, that first episode's very yeah. old school. Though I'm going to give you a warning on that one. Like the graphics yeah. are at a, yeah. at a one. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm watching Next Generation. I'm totally fine with this. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, okay with that. It takes a little takes a minute to get some traction. So our um, question so, for this week, real quick, what do you want the question for this week to be for everybody? And I have the questions from last week that we should respond to as well. Oh shit, I don't know. Um, uh, let's see. I Star Trek. Um, okay, so um, here's one for you guys too. So this, I mean, obviously be okay. included. Um, what department would you work at? Engineering, medical, science, and command. And why though? Why do you feel like you'd be the best? And how you can uh, um, provide better assistance to that department. Okay. All right, you guys, answer that. We'll be putting it on Twitter. Let me know when you're ready to, <laughs> to hear everybody's uh, favorite audiobooks. That was last week's. Oh, yeah, I'm ready right now. Shit, let's hear it. 
Oh, okay. no, no, John. First, let me get your answers. Let me yeah. get your answers. <laughs> I'm jumping the gun oh, now. Oh, yeah. I would, I would yeah. totally be in engineering. Uh, and I think, I, I, yeah, I, I see that. I definitely see that from you. From, yeah, I obviously. mean, of course, no, I'd yeah. have to yeah. learn, you know, temporal mechanics yeah. and, you know, quantum physics and a lot, you know, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that'd be freaking amazing working on the warp core and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so, dang, yeah. Really totally. cool. Frank? I'd be command. I'd want to learn work in command and oh, stuff like that. Fuck, we're all dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I'd like to think the engineering yeah. would be cool, but I think I'd, I think I'd like command better. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, for me, uh, definitely with a hat on, uh, I would like to work in the science department, but I would not be able to contribute for yeah. shit. I'd probably be the dumbest fucking person that works in that department. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I clean beakers. I'm like, dude, look, <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, that's kind of cool. Just, I'll be like, I, I just fucking just gender in the science department. I guess I don't know. Shit. <laughs> well, one yeah. one science uh, department, like one branch that Voyager has no other ship has is uh, astrometrics lab that seven of nine creates. So she ends up making a lab where they study the, you know, uh, planets around them and, uh, what do you call it? Um, spatial distortions and, and pretty much everything they're passing. It's being documented. She goes through and like researches and analyzes and, and tracks more of it. So that's pretty unique. Mm -hmm. Is seven of nine there during year of hell? Uh, you might not have seen seven of nine at all then. Uh, no, yeah. seven seven was in um some episodes I just watched. Maybe okay. it was just okay. which ones though? Maybe I mean, they the all void. seem because after like three seasons, they they got rid of Kess and they brought on seven oh nine. Okay, yeah, I think it was the void because the void is on the seventh seventh season, and yeah, she yeah. Pot, um, oh, I know for sure she's okay. in that one. Yeah, yeah, Year of Hell yeah. is uh, season four. Okay, so that might have been the season they bring in. They yeah. switch it out. So, yeah, the end of season three and the beginning, of, I guess the first episode of season four, I think, is where uh, Seven of Nine joins. Yeah. Right. That's like the whole, That's a good episode the whole Borg encounter. Yeah. And then, uh, okay, so like, uh, let's kind of wrap this up in a way with uh, what do we want to see in the future of Star Trek? And then we'll get to the audible uh, yeah. that question from last week. Um, so I kind of put some notes together of what I was thinking about what I would like to see for the future of uh, uh, Star Trek. And I kind of like what, what they're doing already with the jumping around with the the animated show and then kind of like the Picard series with the discovery series. I, I want more different stuff. So I was thinking kind of like what star Wars was doing is I would like to have a legit anime of star Trek. And yeah. the way I would want to see it is kind of since we could be more playful with the artistic stuff and not really have to worry about, uh, you know, the budget of, you know, filming production is that I kind of want to see something that we usually don't see too often with star trek is like that groundwork like being on a planet having to fight maybe like a different species for some whatever reason kind of more of that action pack so we can have a different level of star trek uh instead of just being on the ship and i know i understand it's all about you know the discovery enterprise whatever ship they're on i, I get that but i'm trying thinking about venturing off to something <laughs> venturing off to something something different like i want to see that that shit happen on the ground um the second thing is uh fucking give me some video games, man. Like I want to see some video games of Star Trek and and you could do that like I mean I'm just envisioning one right now. It's like okay, kind of like what I was talking about like if there was an anime series of like that ground ground combat is you could have the ground combat mixed with the uh space battles, right? Okay, with the starship, but being able to like upgrade your uh your fleet as well to so, like having the right people at the right positions. That's kind of yeah. like a game I was thinking. There's um, a there's an MMO out for Star Trek by the way. Yeah, it is looks this, like it. Need, I've never played it, but it looks like it yeah. needs some work. <laughs> it needs a update, yeah. but it's but yeah. 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 Um, Kevin, who streams and, and has been on the podcast a few times, 
He's a big fan of it. Yeah. yeah. So then other than that, man, I need more movies. Like shit, yeah. man, I miss them. Like those that's what hooked me in originally. And uh shit, I want more. I mean, is there anything for that you guys want to see that's totally different that could that that Star Trek needs to like build on? Like something? Anything? Yeah, I like I like what you're saying. Like I want more content. Just keep making yeah. more shows. They're doing yeah. pretty good with what they're doing. I like it all. Yeah. Keep making more stuff, keep diversifying, but I'd love to see a, a throwback. Like just make another original Star Trek series. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the the newer J.J. Abrams movies were great. Make a series that continues where those movies stopped. Like just okay. just keep going. I mean, they put the same they, production yeah. quality, same money into it. That'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. They're having they're having a hard time locking down the actors and everything like that. They've they've been having an issue. They do have a one yeah. they keep going off and on with. Uh, the problem is Chris, they want to bring back Chris Hemsworth because Chris Hemsworth was Kirk's dad in the mm-hmm. in the J.J. Abrams movies, but he played it when he before he was Thor when he was cheap. And so they're mm-hmm. trying to get him back, and they're not necessarily wanting. There's some like dispute on on this uh, finances finances and then yeah. quentin tarantino has a movie that's planned too there's a star trek movie um that's really off and on and, and stuff like that i think everything's off right now but it could be back on any moment yeah it's such a shame um yeah. especially with the chris Hemsworth situation uh i know that's been going on for i mean that news is pretty old now so it's like okay it's probably not gonna happen um but frank uh i know you said something that we're gonna have a star wars kind of like year around here eventually hopefully um, is there anything that you want to see from that, or is there anything yeah, that you venture off of that? Yeah, my favorite Star Treks are always the time travel ones. I would like to see a Star Trek based on the time travel because we've been, especially on Voyager, they've been visited by like a future version of Federation where they do mm-hmm. a lot of time travel. And then Discover, we learned that there was a temporal war. I would mm-hmm. love that. Give me the temporal version of Star Trek where these certain episodes are having to fight in their modern day against a, a war. Like, actually, use the, uh, um, the, I keep saying Kremlin. It's not the Kremlin. <laughs> the, um, the Krenim. Krenim. Use the Krenim as like the big bad guys of the se- of the series. And then so you have uh-huh. these like big war fights where they're like fighting and all of a sudden you'll see like ships blip in and out of existence or something like that. would be really cool. But then you have other yeah. episodes where they're like, because there's always every Star Trek episode or season or series does this where they go back to San Francisco in some matter of time mm-hmm. or whatever. But have that be a thing where like, hey guys, we have to go back to the Civil War and we have to stealthily, you know, make sure that the the South loses or we have to go back to World War II and make sure that because for some reason Hitler had time travel or like you know what I'm saying like they have to go yeah. back and fix time as Starfleet. Yeah. I, that would be so cool, and it doesn't have go to necessarily and- ju- on just on Earth, but we could also see them go back to like before the Vulcans were much more. Uh, they embrace their emotions. That's kind of where the Romulans and them divided yeah. off. Yeah. So go back to a version of Vulcan, a Vulcan where they're like warlike mm. and just crazy and stuff. That'd be so fun. Mm. And and if it's a time like battle, time war. Then somebody else is going back to you know assassinate whatever I don't remember his name the leader that yeah. that uh, created Vulcan that that made them you know uh, logical and all that stuff someone's going back to assassinate him so that they become chaotic and the you know Romulans have great power then you have to go back in time to stop that assassination or prevent yeah. it or make sure you know time goes the way it's supposed to go could you uh, yeah I think that'd be awesome yeah we have to go back and save Lincoln because he's he's murdered a week earlier so we have to stop the 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 klingons that are trying to attack lincoln a week earlier it's like <laughs> right, no he has to uh, die a week later like even like that tight not tight net of a window would be funny not funny but like really cool too and then all of a sudden you have like klingons that are trying to like stealthily act like they're not, like not suspicious at all in the middle of you know <laughs> the 80, 1800s I, I don't know I, to me the time travel stuff's always the best even when they're just yeah. talking about like temporal shielding it's really cool but especially when they have to actually, you know, play around with time. Year of Hell is I think a great it, example of what they can do. 
Yeah, and like I mean, like the series, like you were saying, I think I would um, kind of like just an idea myself is that something that was kind of missed with Picard is kind of like that ragtag group that he was trying to get get uh, to just fly around in, in a ship. I feel like that was kind of missed opportunity there because I was expecting he would get more, but really all he got was yeah. two additional, three additional people. And it was kind of like, I want to see something like that where a team, a totally different type of people get together. I mean, you'll have your like, you know, your uh, guy that's all about battle to where it's, you know, someone that's not really about that kind of stuff. And then here's the like the the funny guy, pretty much like the Guardians of the Galaxy, really. Yeah. Um, all yeah. joined together for one. I mean, I would like to see something like that. Jonathan and I have talked about that in the past. And, and your best bet really is to make a series about the Maquis. Because the Maquis uh-huh. is a group of people who left the Federation because they thought like, no, I want more freedom. And and mm. Star Trek, while the, like it's a utopia future, it is definitely you know very tightened in on what you can do, and especially in the military structure of the Federation. And so yeah, the Maquis is a version of people that are like, no, we just want to live free and do our own thing. And sometimes we don't think that it's fair to not kill somebody because you know like they want to take things into their own hand kind of thing. So it'd be really cool to see a version, a ragtag group that are the Maquis. That are not only trying to make sure that uh, the Romulans pay for this attack they did, but also like fight off Starfleet. Like it'd be cool if like yeah. Starfleet's kind of kind of the bad guy, and mm, yet like yeah. you would have. I mean, it's just like kind of like with the Civil War thing. You would have like, yeah, my brother's on that ship because he loves being in Starfleet, but I'm over here because I believe in freedom and I believe that mm. that the Romulans have to pay for this certain thing that they did. You know, like just uh, cool okay. things like that would happen. Yeah, and sure. like you were saying before, Frank, mainstream that easily reflects to the Federation would be the Empire in Star Wars. Exactly. And the Maquis would be the Rebels. Like, yeah. it's, it's it's almost a one-for-one, one, even though we follow the Federation as our heroes in yeah. Star Trek, and then the Empire is the villains in Star Wars. Yeah. But it takes very little for Star Wars to be about the Empire, not the not the Rebels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hmm. Also, the DTI is, is what they're called, at least in the books, the Department of Temporal Investigations. There it is. Man. Very freaking cool. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Frank, so what's uh, what are some people that uh, uh, their favorite Audible book? Oh, yeah. By the way, I have one more fun fact for you, uh, Squeaks. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, okay. Sorry. The <laughs> no, prince no. of the prince of Jordan. Uh, his name was. Uh, <laughs> I love looking at Jonathan and sketch it right away. His name is Abdullah <laughs> bin Halasin. Uh, he is now the king of, or he became the king of Jordan. He was such a big Star Trek Voyager fan that he asked to be on the show. And so there's an episode mm-hmm. that has an actual prince of Jordan that's just like handing over a tricorder to somebody. And he went home and then created a theme park based on Star Trek Voyager. So there's a Star Trek Voyager theme park Holy in Jordan. Holy shit. Somewhere. Yeah. Holy He's shit. Looks like, we're, looks like we're flying to Jordan. <laughs> yeah, tra- yeah. So, you know what? Okay. So real quick then, uh, I know we're trying to get to that question, but. Uh, I know, I know. Uh, I had to interrupt you. Is, is the rock in Voyager? Yes, yep. he is. Because I was scrolling through to try to find these episodes. I'm like, hold on. This guy looks like The Rock right now. I'm like, holy yeah. shit. And he yeah. found uh, 7 right, 9 uh, and seven nine. <laughs> yeah. That's um, a really good episode, too, actually. Okay. I was like, man, what the hell? They got all these guests. I mean, kind of like before, I guess, they were really big and stuff like that with the Crimin uh, leader mm-hmm. as well. But uh, um, another thing I was going to... Uh, fuck, I was going to bring up, but I got all excited to talk about The Rock. Uh, <laughs> just so you know uh, that it's uh, season 6 episode 15 uh, it's memory alpha is the episode if you want to yeah, check it okay. out it's a good yeah. one you should no, watch definitely. that one too yeah. Um, so yeah Frank did that uh, Martin Luther King thing about Star Trek and I was like I told Frank hey every like random ass holiday we, there's got to be something like geek tied into it so I was like okay so yeah. fucking Valentine's Day is the next one probably there's got to be something there 
St. Patrick's Day has got to be something there. So I was like, Frankie, you need to you need to put these out because these are kind of okay. cool little little. I'll, uh, I'll find one for Valentine's Day. Things. Push them to show. Okay, I, I'll throw one out. I right believe now for in you. you. Don't don't even. I'll believe in you. Okay. Okay. Because I got to really. Okay. 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 Let's wait then. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is kind of a cool little fun fact. Yeah. All right, here's one real quick for Star right, Trek. Yeah. In general, I'll just say well, this is a fun <laughs> one. If you guys want romance, romance in the air for Star Trek Federation or for Valentine's Day, um, so the very first um, black and white uh, kiss was on the original series of Star Trek, right? And it was between Captain Kirk and Ohura, and uh, uh, William Shatner's like, we gotta have this kiss happen. We gotta have this kiss happen. And the guys over at CBS were like, well, look, we can't. I mean, this is just not the right time. Blah blah blah. They didn't, they didn't want to do it. He's like, no, this has to happen. But you know what? We'll do multiple takes. You guys pick which one you like. We'll do one with a kiss, one without. And so they had like an hour to get the filming done. So they're doing multiple kisses. They're doing multiple takes. And every time Shatner's giving a big old kiss, giving a big old kiss, giving a big So the producer's like, we have one more take. You can't fucking kiss her on this one. We cannot have it. We need to have one example that's not. Like, okay, okay, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. So then they finish the scene. They hug. And then he looks at camera and he crosses his eyes. And so, like, well, we can't have you crossing your eyes. So they had, to, <laughs> they had to air the kiss, and that's the very first kiss on on TV. So it was, just, it was Shatner and Ahura just both being badasses. So yeah, it was, and it was uh, awesome because I mean, I don't think it, it it's conveyed very well, but they were doing it because they wanted to portray that statement. You know, they wanted to you yeah. know make a movement or 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 however you would say it um, towards like black rights and equality and everything, and so. Mm-hmm. Chat, uh, Will Shatner's like, yeah, no, we we need to have this out there. This needs to be something people see that you know, not only is a black person also allowed uh, on my bridge to be a part of my crew, but you know, it's okay for which a was white man and yeah. black woman. Yeah, back in that time, it was very controversial. So it's cool that you know, Star Trek's always been super progressive and and like forward thinking, yeah. and it's cool that you know they uh, pushed for that kind of thing, even though the producers weren't on board with it because it's controversial and could shut down your show kind of thing, but. Um, yeah, I think it was embraced. So That's yeah, cool. it wasn't Gene Roddenberry. It was actually like the CBS, you know, the money guys. Yeah. yeah. All right. So um, let's go ahead and get into our last week's question, guys. Was what is your favorite audiobook? We had a lot of responses. We appreciate that. So uh, we had Game of Thrones read by Roy Trice. That was by Geek Peak. So want to put that out there. I used to is that watch the this first said, Game of Thrones. Um, what's that? Sorry, <laughs> you're still going with that. I was going to ask which book that was. Was this the first Game of Thrones though? Uh, I I think the entire series is read by Roy. Okay. The, the, okay. Yeah. No, but he's saying he yeah. likes this one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cage's okay. Kiss. They said that they like uh, TikTok by Dean Kunst. Uh, it was read by I want to say Wong BD. I think is what they were saying here. Uh, we have. Oh, this one looks really good. So, uh, Superiority Complex. They're saying that theirs is a BBC production of Batman Nightfall, and uh, they said it's really good. But it's hard to find, so you got to try to find that one. Uh, uh, crossover collision said Predator if it bleeds was a really good audio book and I've never thought like Predator man that does sound like a good audio book because you can have extra sound effects and stuff uh, here's one for you hmm. Daniel the okay. Oblivion or Daniel uh, squeaks <laughs> the Oblivion bar said their favorite was the Harry Potter audiobooks by Jim Dale it's top notch they said so that's Fucking pretty smart cool people there <laughs> yeah unpaid programming uh, theirs favorite was Endurance it's the Endurance book by Alfred Lansing and um, there's a few more. So check it out, guys. We have the link up there. And then our next one that I will make sure to put up when this episode goes up, that you guys can participate in that one as well, is what department of Starfleet would you want to be a part of? So yeah. that's the next one. 
Looking at that uh, oh. Predator If It Bleeds book, though, it's got a four and a half stars for 716 reviews, 12 hour long. Yeah, uh, that's pretty good. 12 hour one. Kinda, that's kind of neat. Yeah, I'm going to change my answer, by the way, now that we've talked about it. I want to be the Department of Temporal Investigations. <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> That'd be so much cooler. Oh, that would be badass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shit, we're all going to work out of place, really. Yeah. I should not yeah. be in the science department. I'll <laughs> <laughs> oh, probably be in the coffee uh, shop. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but you can make really cool names for your coffee. You know, like anything oh, yeah. like Star Trek related. This is <laughs> the cat, aka Neelix Espresso. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do like a USS uh, Macchiato. Yeah, that's okay. a good one. <laughs> Cappuccino. Oh. There you go. You're welcome. Captain Kirkachino. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, all right guys well that's uh everything from this uh uh today's episode uh we appreciate you listening um and then we'll hope to see you soon and uh, i think the next one i will actually be talking to uh actually doing an interview so uh no spoilers or anything so this will be my first time interviewing so we'll see how that goes and uh yeah look out for that all right well, have a good one everyone bye, right. bye. bye.